Welcome to FFC Top 3, a show where we, your FFC hosts, count things down from 3 to number 1. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have a suggestion, as always, hit us up on Discord, on Twitter, or even email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com. This week, it's just Blue and I, and we're discussing kind of a sentimental topic. We're discussing the top three things we learn from our parents, which could be good or could be it could be something else so you never know you never know what's going to come up with this one so just blue and i blue do you want to go first yeah no that's fine uh number three for me was basically uh it's something that i'm like you're i'm actually trying to teach uh my little one is don't worry about what others think uh about you especially like you know, there's don't don't concern yourself with things that are outside of your control, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. But this is more of like a um, a self image, I think. I th- would probably be the best way. Like basically, do your best and do what you enjoy doing. Uh, don't let others influence how that how that is. Like always give it, you know, a hundred percent yourself. And if it's not good enough, then it's like, you know, if it's not, if that's not good enough and that doesn't work, then it's not because you didn't try your best. It's because, you know, it could be something that's extremely difficult. Um, But don't let others influence how much you, how much you try, you know, to do something. Give it your all no matter what. Don't basically don't have things. I think that's really hard for anybody to oh, really, yeah. Yeah. to really yeah. do. Even you don't even have to be young. Like, I know it's something I struggle with sometimes. Just because you want to, you want to be um, an, a positive influence or just an influence that people enjoy being around. And so the perception of how you are to that other person becomes really easily overly important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and know, I it... mean, and also like the whole like I've I've talked to like it's weird because like to me the whole like social portrayal thing like that's not something that is especially strong in my purview. Like I don't I don't really have that concern. Whereas mm-hmm. like my my little guy is much more like my wife and they're much more extroverted they that that's like a big source of their uh sense of self i guess would be the best way of saying it and so like to them that is something that's really important like how people view it and to me it's like whatever i don't kind of care um i'm like i care but it's not like this driving factor of how i decide things um, right. and so for me, it's also trying to explain this to someone who's extroverted. It's like, I'm like, no, it, it shouldn't matter. But to them, it's like, but that's the life force. Like, that's like the source of my energy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, it shouldn't be. I don't know. Like to me, that's just as like, I don't know. That's, that's the, that's an added wrinkle for me at least. Yeah. Have you figured out a way to try to teach that to him or is it just, kind of the reminder uh it's it's a lot like i mean at this at this stage for for him he's like six 
Uh, he's mm-hmm. nearly, he'll be seven here shortly. But like at this point, it's, it's a lot of like, don't do that. Even though your friends think it's funny and right. You know, that is how you get quote unquote attention. It's not that quite like it's, it's, it's the whole differentiation between good attention and bad attention uh, mm-hmm. and trying to like, so it's not like uh, self-awareness in a way, but it, it, it leads to that. But it's the beginning of that conversation more so than like a conversation worse with someone who is, you know, like a teenager or a, you know, a young adult would be much more along the lines of like, hey, your self-worth is not derived from someone else's enjoyment of your presence. Like that's not that should never never dictate you being worth something because you are a human and you are worth something regardless of what other some what other people dictate. Like that that's like your base value should never be that. Like right. for him it's more of hey, don't make fart noises while your teacher's talking even though everyone laughs. It's it, it's mm-hmm. that it's that educating that's the start of that it's a start right. of a much larger conversation. Whereas like I'm used to discussing and thinking about like the latter part of that conversation. And so for mm-hmm. me, it's like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't even like, I can't even think of like examples because it's like, like, no, just don't just, just don't do it. Like it's, uh, you know, it's to me, to me and to most of the people that, you know, we probably will talk to, it's it's so basic that we don't even realize it, but it's so important as well. Um, right. And so that's where like a lot of uh, a lot of like right now and 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 there's like thing is is like having having a boy a son you know there's there's different psychological struggles that go on with young guys than young girls like there's there's a component that whether we we are comfortable admitting that or not there is just a component of like guys are much more they tend to be much more like physical in in the things that they do especially as young kids um mm-hmm. so for like for for our for minion is what i refer to him as um a lot of times what it is is like don't punch people like you know it's like and it's not even like it's right. not maliciousness it's just he's that it, it's it's how it's impulse control, uh, right. but it's also impulse control in a way that is translating like you need to learn how to control this because if you don't, then you're not going to have friends. So it's like it's like this weird like roundabout way of being like, hey, look, you you care about what others think about you. So you have to not care about what others think about you right now. Uh, which is a really weird thing, and it's like like you said, it's really weirdly complicated, even for an adult. So trying mm-hmm. to explain it to a six year old, it's like, what? Like <laughs> yeah. his his response is just kind of like, uh, what? I don't I don't understand. I'm like, I you know, and that's when it kind of you kind of have to do the like the the infamous parent thing of like, look, I understand that you don't understand, but you this is one of those things that you just kind of have to do what we're telling you and mm-hmm. trust us that there's a larger picture being that there's a larger picture being constructed here than, you know, your like immediate, I want to, 
play, you know, with my friends, even though it's supposed to be time to go to school or, you know, something, you know, and, and that's right. a, that's a struggle that's much larger, uh, than that's I think true. anybody is, is able to do by themselves, which is the whole, like, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid because it does. So my number three is kind of, kind of related to yours, except for it, it almost takes an opposite perspective. My mother did a very good job of teaching me how to read social, social, social situations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not just the interpersonal relationships in a, in a room where you see how people interact with each other, but also the larger group and the interactions between many, many different people. And so with that, it's not, I'm worried about how others perceive me. It's more of, I'm observing how everyone perceives each other. And it's, there's a little bit of judgment that comes into it because you're, you're making kind of gut decisions on what's going on and trying to navigate based on that. But there's the situations where you see, for example, you're in a room classroom, say back in high school and whatnot, and there's a young girl off to the side who is kind of sort of alone, not necessarily crying, but definitely that you had that feeling that she's really, really down on herself. Being able to pick up on this cues that, of that and seeing, is there a reason that she's in that position at the moment? Is there somebody picking on her? Is there jarring going on and being able to find all those things and figure out, okay, what's the best way I can approach her to try to help her? Whether it's just like passing a note saying, hey, I'm there for you kind of thing, or even going over there and just sitting next to her to type, try to not necessarily ward off bullies, but mm-hmm. reinforce her so she doesn't necessarily feel alone. So my mother did a really good job of in some ways without even trying teaching me how to do that in order to help not only other people around me, but just help myself guide through those situations. So I understand what's going on and can recognize that yes, these people may be picking on me or whatnot, or something else is going on, but it's not because of something I did. It's because of this for them. Yeah. Picking the uh, pecking order on a social sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, and I think, but I think if I remember correctly, both of us are kind of introverts. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think, because I, I, I do the same thing, except mine is a survival tactic. I, I refer to it as a survival tactic because gotcha. um, growing up, I recognized who I needed to, who I needed to bend an ear to like who I needed to make sure was on my side in case of a social situation going bad. Mm -hmm. Um, It was more of like, you know, the whole, Hey, don't mess with me because you're uh, this. I I don't think I've ever like consciously labeled it as such, but like, it's basically your boss is okay with me. So leave me alone. Like, and it was like, and growing up, that was not always a uh, political situation there was often often times where it was like it was a physical thing where it was like you know don't mess with me because you're whatever in in the pecking order the person who was above them was mm-hmm. you know friendly with me so i kind of was able to dodge 
physical bullying bullets because of that. I don't know even know if that's a term, but like, you know, like basically befriend that person and they all leave you alone. Like they might not yeah. like you, but they're not going to bug you really. And so like, I think, but I th- I've always kind of found that to be like, I naturally pick up on that. I don't remember ever anyone actually like being like, this is the, you know, cause it's one of those things where it's like, right. You don't remember it being actually taught, yeah, but it was something just, that like you pick up just it was modeled. Right. Well, yeah. And it's like, and I don't even know if that particular one was, uh, I don't know if I got that from parental figures or if that was just me learning because I went to, you know, public, public education as a kid in a very large, like very large education system. You know, you just kind of, you kind of pick up on things that it's like, yeah, you really shouldn't have to figure this out as a young kid, but you did. Like, and it right. was just like, you know, that. And I, I do think that it is a, it's a skill. It's mm-hmm. an absolute skill oh, that I think kids absolutely. should pick up on. Maybe not have the necessity of why right. you have to pick up on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's something that I think is useful that if you do have that happen or have situations do come up and you know how to navigate through it, it's, it's super useful. And I not just agree in, wholeheartedly, yeah. Not even in like a bullying situation or anything like that. Even in situations that it's just you're navigating through an environment that you're not used to, being able to recognize, okay, this is this is a person I need to make sure I'm on the good side of, or at least talk to, or at least interact with more strongly. Mm-hmm. Because as an introvert, you and I both know it's it's kind of exhausting, mm-hmm. and you kind of pick and choose your battles. So. Yeah, and that actually ties into my number two a bit is like basically um be patient. Uh things things have a really weird way of tending to work themselves out in a large on a large scale. Like mm-hmm. especially socially, like I just I haven't been in really big and like I know this is a weird thing because it frustrates me. I'm I'm very um like my personality is very I wouldn't say justice oriented, but like my my view of things is that what is applicable to one person should be applicable to everyone. Like as far as like if this person does something and gets in trouble, um, that should be applied to everybody. Like it's good for the goose is good for the gander. No. Um no and like person that, is above it kind of right thing. right yeah yeah and i like i like that's like that is one of my pet peeves is when i when i whether it's in business or if it's you know politics or if it's personal um if i'm in a situation where hang on real quick minion is i'm, I'm on minion monitoring duty um mm-hmm. but like if i'm in a situation where that is being thwarted in some capacity that's gonna that all that like my personality has always like i've always been that i I get frustrated with that uh so from a young age my parents were and i'm old i'm the oldest sibling uh so Mm -hmm. like justice air quotes on that as far as like kids go is never black and white like it's just it never is because everyone's every kid is different um every situation you know as a parent uh we only have the one but i know parents who have multiples and their their disciplinary system 
takes into account different kids are different. They have different values. And so you have to differentiate between your, your, um, your punishment, I guess, if you want to kind of view it as a bleak thing, but your, your give and take has to be different. Uh, Mm -hmm. as a kid, you don't, you don't, you don't identify that really. You're just like, Oh, I got in trouble. Why didn't he get in trouble? You know, or she get in trouble. Um, and like one of the things that as a, as a, as a sibling, I was always, they always explained to me was like, look, just because it doesn't seem like they're getting in trouble, uh, doesn't mean that they aren't like, again, kind of going back to the whole thing of like, you only know, and you only can control yourself and you need to be concerned with number one, as far as are you doing what's the right thing is, or are you doing what the wrong thing is? If you're doing the wrong thing, then that's something you need to fix. If you're doing the right thing, then at the end of the day, you're doing the right thing. You control you. Like you can't control someone else. That's that's beyond your purview. And really it's it's the whole situation of like don't stress about it. Like I and it's just like it regardless of if they're doing the right thing or not, it will come back. Like karma is kind of a witch uh when it comes to that. And you might not right. see it. And the thing is, is like, um, sorry, the thing is, is that like, especially in business, this is, this is something that, you know, personally I struggle with. Um, but like, especially in business, it's tough because you see people who are cutting corners who are air quote here, successful. Um, what I have over the, especially the last like 10, 15 years in like a very much more aggressively professional space, what I've found is that even though they're materialistically successful, they might be getting paid, they might be getting a a position or a title that you don't need. I've found that a lot of times the cost of that on a personal level is significant. Like, they might not, and again, they you don't see it, but they might not show it, but there is something that there is, there is a payment for that. Um, and I've just like, you know, over, over the years of me doing this, and I've tried to explain this to like my, my, my own siblings, cause they've had this struggle too, but it's like, well, yeah, this person got ahead by, you know, undercutting whoever I'm like, believe me, they know they did that. Like they, it was a conscious decision. And with, with very few exceptions, that's going to eat away at somebody. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it is going to affect them. Um, and you just have to, you know, and at the end of the day too, again, what are you going to do? Like there's, right. there's things that are outside of your control and you have to be able to let them go. Um, and that's, you know, big thing is like, be patient, just let things work themselves out. Like, what goes around comes around and it, it really does. It, I mean, life more so more, more often than not, I have found that life is really weirdly like a boomerang. Like you, you, you mess somebody or you, you undercut someone. It gets out like it, the truth does eventually come out and it just, and that works both ways, right? If you do it, if you mm-hmm. do it, the, if you do, if you stick to the high road and you, and you care for people and you go out of your way to, you know, be genuine and be honest. Um, the people who matter will notice that. Uh, 
it's a harder road and it takes longer, but again, be patient, stay, stick to your guns and just do the right thing. Whereas the people who are taking shortcuts, sure, they might succeed. They might, they might get everything that you, you air quote are wanting, but it ten, like nine times out of 10, the pay, the, the cost of doing that that way is just, it just isn't worth it really. Right. So my number two is going to take a hard turn. It's from this conversation in particular, because my number two has to do with something um, my father and kind of instilled in me. He, my father is a farmer and has like, has been my entire life. He's just been that quiet guy, way more introverted than I am. Like I, I, I've never seen my dad really super socialize. I think I've, I've only ever seen him socialize in groups of maybe two. And the one thing that he really, really was good about showing and doing is teaching me that even though, quote unquote, I'm a girl, you can do things. You can fix things. You can build things. Like my dad and I rebuilt a 1985 Trans Am when I was in junior high. I learned how to work on cars at a really young age because to him, working with your hands is crucial and not relying on just spending your hard-earned money and going and having somebody else do it when it would like replacing a light bulb on a, on a headlight does not cost $80 to do. It's $7 from whatever auto zone or anything that you get the bulb at and uh, maybe 45 minutes. And for him to really focus on making sure that you can build things, I watched him build a, now this is probably slightly dangerous, and I'm pretty sure it finally got demolished, but when we were really little, he built a, a playset, had swings, it had a, like a little tire swing on it, and a, I don't know what you would call it, you can climb up into it type thing and look out over the farm and a metal slide that he had welded together. And he built it. It was completely metal. The whole thing was. And it was not exactly the safest thing, but that was his Christmas present to us one year. He built that, welded the whole thing together himself, and just made that for us. And it was on the farm for years. Like, when I was living there after college, it was still there. And... I, I think that's important to be able to, to work on things yourself. Even if you don't know exactly how to do it, know enough to be able to a, recognize that you may need an expert in it, but also not be afraid to kind of get in there and see what's actually going on, or at least go and ask somebody to see what you can do. But that's me. My dad is still a quiet, hands-on guy. I don't know, Blue. I know you came from a very hands-on family too. Oh yeah, no, I, it just it crack that cracks me up because that's that's a cover. Like I constantly get comments about because like when I do stuff, I'm like I I save everything. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm a borderline hoarder. Um, mm-hmm. Like, but the thing is, is and my wife like is a, it's a combination for her because she's like it bugs her, but then I turn around and I use it. Like I I actually mm-hmm. go out and I'm like okay this is you know like uh glass jars is my my one of my things um and i have random glass jars everywhere 
but they're all being used to store things. Like it's it's all about organization and like storing things in like random places. And mm-hmm. and my wife's always being like, you know, she's like, I don't want to like encourage it, but you keep doing things and it works. Like mm-hmm. so, it's like I'm like, all right, whatever. I mean, like to me, growing up, that's that's exactly what you did. Like you 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 got something and you used it. And you didn't just throw it away. Like, it's not like, you know, even plastic containers, I feel really weird, you know, even today. If I use a, uh, like a water bottle or something, I feel weird just tossing the water bottle away. I'm like, I could use this to do, you know, blank, blank, blank. Um, Right. I would never do it because I don't need to do it at this point, at this stage of my life. I don't need that, that component, that like specific component. But like I know like you can do this and you can do that. You could do this, 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 or that with this item. And to me it's like well, I don't need to. So like to that's that that's like growing up, that was something that I totally I totally relate to that component. Or just learning or just knowing how to figure it out. Like like we never we never really did cars because that wasn't just that we just never really but we always had horses and you know and farm animals and stuff like that. And one of the big things was like, you know, you'd get something you're like, I don't know, figure it out. And it was like, it mm-hmm. was literally just, you just jury rig the hell out of it. And it, it works like it were, it, it held together and did what it needed to do. Um, it wasn't always wire and duct tape. Yeah. It wasn't always safe or probably the mm-hmm. best, but you know, um, it, it, it got done. <laughs> So right, it's just interesting knowing, just being able to have the MacGyver skills. I guess yeah, oh yeah, you and it, it like be... my uh, my wife's family, it like constantly surprises them because like I'll pick up something and I'm like, oh, can I have this? And they're like, that's a piece of trash. I'm like, so I can have it. And they're like, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. And I like I'll go off and I'll come back and they're like, what did you do with it? And I was like, I'm trying to think what the most recent thing was uh, that I did this to. Like I got. Um, I'm constantly getting given things from them because they're like, we don't mm-hmm. want it, but we don't, we feel, we feel weird throwing it away when we know that you will use it for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I tend to like, I, I've gotten so many random electronic items that they're like, it's trash. I'm like, yeah, it's not, it can be repurposed. Like <laughs> totally strip yep. it down and turn like turn it into, you know, something. Um, I've built so many like random, uh, a lot of people like those little cube calendars that have, you know, the little blocks that you just change the blocks for the dates. Uh, uh-huh. I have so many of those just built from random components because I, I just, it, to me, it's like, huh, that's just useful. And then I turn around and I give them to people and, you know, they're like, this is so cool. I'm like, that is literally me not being able to sit still and being like, I have a lot of junk. I need to do something with it and figuring out, right. you know, something to make with it. But and yeah. it's just it just cracks me up because everyone else is like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like, that is literally me playing with trash. But don't tell don't tell my wife that. I used to take apart. Well, okay, so my brothers had RC cars, <laughs> and yes. when the RC cars broke, I took them and I broke them apart even further and took the little motor mm-hmm. out of it. And I would make little fans for my desk that way nice because nice. it was super easy because you just take the motor and plug it like you just yeah. put one wire we would to do it with uh, and... the connects like those big mm-hmm. the big connects you could buy like 
it was one of those things where like they they would sell the engines, but we'd always mm-hmm. like we always had everyone would always get us remote control cars, remote controlled whatever. So we had a ton of them just laying around. And it was just the same concept. We'd take it and we're like, "This is sitting right here. We'll just we're jerry rig it and pop it in, you know, whatever." Legos, we would do that with Legos and stuff like that too. Yes, absolutely. All right, blue number ones. Um, my number one is really just like a summarization of what it, you know, what I've been saying. It's like worry about yourself and what you can do. Um, you know, to me, like I said, to me growing up, that was a big deal for me, uh, and it was something that constantly was being reiterated to me as a kid. Was like you need to worry about what you are in control of, not what someone else is in. Uh, and having having gotten to the point now where I have my own child, it's like, oh, that's why they said this. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that just clicks. Um, but also, like, going through professional environments and stuff like that, it, it always amazes me, like, some of the stuff that I was raised, like, just, like, what I would consider basic, and this isn't this isn't ins- this isn't meant to be insulting, but like common sense, um, right? Is just not. I don't know if it's not taught. I don't know if it's not retained by individuals or what. But like you know, like that basic stuff to me, to my world, is just not present in other people's attitudes, and so it's mm-hmm. like I'm like why like so much and green you and i have talked about this like office politics i can't stand Mm -hmm. office politics Mm -hmm. i have zero patience for it mostly because it comes back to this piece i'm like i can't it doesn't matter like to me my brain i don't do chit chat i don't do oh how was your weekend i don't care like i'm not gonna i I don't it's you know to me that's not important um and so i don't really bother with it um so the whole concept of like well this person said this and this person said that like to me it's just i was like why do we why do we care like is that affecting what we are here to do like from a especially from a job perspective i i can't i don't get it but like from a job perspective it's like you know does that affect what we're doing I mean, sometimes it does. And in that case, okay, sure, I will right. bite my lip and deal with it. But a lot of times of that, or a lot of times it doesn't. And it's just like, well, I don't like them because of this. I'm like, I'm like okay. Like, because again, like, I, and that ties into business thing. I was like, why does it right. matter if you like someone? If they, <laughs> like, it's if business. They do their job. It's business. Right. If they do the job, if it's like, if they do the component, the cog is working. Let them be. Mm-hmm. The thing that I, and I've, I found that this is happening more and more at my work, which is slightly started to annoy me because I'm not, I don't tolerate it. I, I also, I don't know. I also will not, I will stand up for the person in so much as that I will defend them if they weren't defending. But at the same time, if they're, if the other person's just going to continually dog on one person, I, it's a reflection of their attitude, not mm-hmm. the other person's yeah. at that point. So I just, I just kind of sort of move on from it. I really don't take it in too much because if I were to get heated about it myself and then jump out and tell a bunch of different people, this, this person's doing this, it's just perpetuating the problem. 
Right, right. So, and it's funny because the person who is the focal point of a lot of the issues within my work, everyone knows that's just how she is. Like that, and it's interesting because the people who do really well and thrive where I work are people who have figured out this is just how she is. You really don't take her seriously. You don't necessarily continue on the conversation or anything like that. You defend people when they need to be defended. But other than that, you just kind of don't give her any ammo. Don't give her any energy for it. Just move on. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So my number one is a twofer. And I'm, I know that's kind of cheating, but... Cheater! I know. They're related, though. So one of them is for my mother knowing that it's okay to take a break. And for my father still continuing to work on something a little bit at a time. So those sound super different, but they're really not. And I know blue is kind of the same way. We both have a really big habit of putting a blot on our plates. What? No, I never and, do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, is knowing, knowing where your limit is, but also knowing that even though you have a bunch on your plate and you, it feels absolutely overwhelming, if you are able to move forward in whatever you're working on a little bit at a time, it eases a lot of that tension or at least eases a lot of the pressure because you're you're chipping away at it you may not get it all done at once show notes for example doing a show notes a tiny bit each day or doing something prepping for twitter a tiny bit each day makes it a whole lot easier and i don't have to think about it and be like oh my gosh i have to sit down for three hours and do show notes or i have to sit down and do the twitter post for the next month i'm I'm planning things out a little bit at a time and it makes the makes a job not so heavy and it draws it out to be a lot longer. So my mother taught me to be say it's okay to step away for a minute and my dad taught me that you still need to work a tiny bit each day towards whatever you're working towards. You have to move forward even if it's just one step. You have to move forward. So I don't know kind of more sentimental and life lessons i guess with this episode blue Mm -hmm. well but yeah i mean that is yeah yes yeah is there anything that your parents taught you that would not necessarily be a positive because we've gone completely positive in our but i i yes yeah me too um but you know here's the thing it's like uh, you know, people, everyone's human. Uh, and mm-hmm. so as much as, uh, as, as much as there are non-positive things, uh, it's, it's, I have to, I don't know. I have to think that people do the best that they can. Um, I think it's yeah. probably about I the think- most that I will say on that topic. Uh, especially on a right. podcast that's going to get published publicly, um, right. I think and that's the, and that's just out of respect for for them for them. Right. I think the realization for me is realizing that even though my parents are adults, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are the absolute like they they're perfect. 
Right. That's not right. that's not the case. And no when one I is finally, perfect. Right. Right. And when I realized that growing up, it made it a lot easier to to not necessarily disregard my parents, but to see them in a different light mm-hmm. and understand that they they are doing their best. They are doing exactly what they can do to try to be the best parents they can be. And sometimes they mess up and you move on. You figure out, you see that for what it is and you figure out how to move on and love them regardless. Because, I mean, granted, there are special circumstances where parents are beyond uh, redemption, but... Correct. Yeah, but I mean... Knowing parents are human. Yeah, I mean, important. like, and and short of like, short of like severe situations, uh, right. which which I, yeah, I, I mean, short of some severe situations, I I think there's a lot of times where you know, kind of taking what, and that's kind of the reason I took the three that I wanted to talk about tonight, was because that actually is applicable towards your relationship with your parents is like, you know, look, mm-hmm. control you, you know what the right thing to do is regardless right. of, even if your parent is the one that you're having to apply this to. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, sometimes that's the way that's the only way to make people realize that uh, they are needing to change. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah. And I mean, and that's kind of the, the other thing is, is like, with me, what I've found is if I force myself to just look at it, focus like my, my brain, my brain will naturally let me know about all the negatives of what's going on. Like I right. just, that's, that's how my, for better or worse, that's how my brain works. So consciously what I try to do is I try to make myself look at the silver lining of the cloud of the thunderhead mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. believe me, I know that there's a thunderstorm. Like I know there's a thunderhead there, believe me. But what I do is if I consciously force myself to be like, okay, let's take, let's learn from this experience instead of just, uh, revel in the pain. Uh, because when, when you do that, you, you grow and you can get yourself out of a large majority of situations, not all of them, but a large majority of situations, you can actually learn how to get out of them if you do it that way. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just let the negativity overwhelm you, it it paralyzes you. Mm -hmm. It it paralyzes you and it perpetuates the situation I've, I've, I have found for my situations. Like it's, I will say though it's difficult to remove yourself from the emotional roller coaster that often starts. Yes, if you don't it is. have practice at it, and and if you even if you yeah, do have practice, that's you know but, one of the things about a negative aspect is you know practice. Yes, I have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting just the perspectives that you and I both use because we're very similar in a lot of ways from the introvertedness, our mm-hmm. own personal lives and everything. But there's also, there's, I'm sure tons of different perspectives out there. And that's kind of what I want to post to you guys, the listeners is if you have a way to contact us with your top three messages or 
lessons you learned from your parents, shoot those over to us because it's it's really interesting to see everybody else's perspective. Blue and I are fairly similar because we we both grew up in the Midwest and have families that function very similarly. Although I'm sure Blue and I have very very different childhoods in many ways, but. I kind of want to see what everybody else would list as their number three, like three, two, one on their list, because we're all different. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little social experiment there. But I think that is going to wrap up our top three this week, a little bit more sentimental rather than just kind of silly and fun. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining us this week. And remember, everybody loves a list. Thank you.